We'll check it out, y'all. We got what you need. We're all living in apartments, condos, vans. Well, dude, even you can have a studio. A studio in a box. Yes, we can help you with that right here at Blind Knowledge. We work on your budget, and we figure out your measurements. We'll get you the best sound for the best price. Let me know, 877-237-1143 or at blindknowledge.com. Yep. Do you struggle with putting yourself first? Are you tired of feeling burnt out and overwhelmed from constantly putting the needs of others before your own? I have created a sacred space that will be available once a week for 10 weeks to learn, dive deep, and create your boundaries to boost your confidence and self-worthiness. Go to www.krista-luna.com and sign up for the Master Your Boundaries course starting in September 2023. And use the code PARANORMAL to get 30% off today on www.krista-luna.com. Welcome, 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 one all, back to Paranormal the New Normal. I'm your host, Jeremy, as always, trying to bring some normalcy to this world. Does it ever happen? Oh, Lord, no. Lord, no. It's not, it hasn't happened yet, and I don't think it's ever going to, but we persist. And, of course, to do that, I have to bring a guest on the show to try and help me in this quest. My guest today, maybe he can help, maybe. Everybody has a chance to help. It never usually works, but we'll see, because normal is not to be achieved in this world. But anyway, the guest is Michael McGinnis, award-winning author and a leader of a revolution. What kind of revolution, you may say? But we'll get to that in a little bit. But first things first, how are you doing tonight, Mike? Good. How are you doing? A little under the weather, but can't complain. <laughs> it's just yeah. that time of year. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The show must go on, as they say. But Exactly. Thanks for having me on. Of course. And the first question I ask everybody in this show is... What got you into the world of spirituality? What what led you down this path? Um, I'd say I'd have I'd ha- I've had some big transformational experiences in my life, um, but I think when I really knew that it was the word spiritual would have probably been about ten years ago when I went on a um, on a visionary journey with the plant medicine and it ended up changing my life forever. I. Plant medicine. I like plant. I, I like plant medicine. I've had a. I had someone from uh, the Amazon on here who they they run a whole retreat that specializes in plant medicine. So I'm in a community. Yeah, I'm in a community yeah. where that's what we do. And so, you know, I've had these experiences several times, but it was my first one was like the one that really set me on this. On the uh, what you call it in indigenous, they call it El Camino Rojo, the red road. You know, the road to awakening. I like that. Yeah. Uh, interesting. Well, let me ask you this. When you are, since you're in the spiritual side of things, I'll change this question slightly, but when you're in your life at any point, did you ever have any 
experience is with spirits, ghosts, yeah, aliens, cryptids. If you want to go to the, the far side, I that that never comes up, but I always hope it does. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when I was a kid, I would always I don't I it's unexplainable what would happen. I, mean, I think a lot of children have this um, where, you know, you'll be laying down, close your eyes and you'll move into some other place where these, these beans and I don't, they were just in my presence. And it, it, uh, I remember telling my dad, I think I was probably six and I probably, I think I told him, I said, I see, I see, <laughs> he said, what do you see? And I said, I see reality. And like, I didn't know what that meant. I didn't know how else to say it. And uh, yeah, that was interesting. And then I have this other thing that happens to me uh, quite often, actually, involuntarily still to this day. If I go to sleep in the daytime, I um, go into that, what do they call it, uh, where you kind of leave your body, astral travel. And it's uh, not very comfortable, to be honest. And there, there definitely are beings in there. Um, I've also experienced entities within the medicines as well. So all of this is real it, 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 maybe we can't see it in the third dimensional trap but there are ways of breaking through those walls and i've i've been I've, i'm quite the psycho not and i've uh, had these journeys and and done it with and without medicine <laughs> and yes um they call that astral projection most of the time astral and, projection yeah and you kind of described lucid dreaming in the first part so well sure the thing is is that there's these uh sometimes there's there's uh, messages that are being sent to me in this uh, realm and there's, you can tell that there's a being there and I've even felt myself be grabbed, believe it or not, as strange as that sounds and um, not comfortable, not something that I enjoy. Um, uh, it just happens. I slip. If I go to sleep in the daytime, you know, that in between part, pretty much every single time I'll go. And sometimes there's this feeling of trying to suck me into something and I'm resisting and I'm not sure if I went with it, I would ever come back or not. It's, so it's like this weird question, you know? Exactly. I mean, I'll tell you, I've talked to a few people who astral project and lucid dream on the show before. And they always say like, it's fun when you go to a good plane. When you don't go to a good plane, it's not so fun anymore. It's more like being in a horror movie and having to escape. <laughs> but I, I agree. <laughs> so, I mean, that's kind of the glimpse of it I've gotten. And luckily, none of that stuff happens. Well, luckily or unluckily, depending on how you look at it, none of that stuff happens to me, unfortunately. I I don't dream. I, have, I haven't I have had a dream I remember since I was a kid. Wow. I I mean, I... Okay, maybe that's not... Uh, yeah, I mean... Because I have I have premonitions once in a while, but I don't count those as dreams because they actually happen eventually, and they're always small, stupid things. It's not me winning the lottery or anything, unfortunately. But <laughs> it's always, oh yeah, this conversation happened this day. Okay, doesn't help me in life, but okay, great to know. <laughs> well, you're an author first and foremost, and kind of. Well, the first question I like to ask every author is. How many books have you written? Because I know of I know of two, but I want to know if there's more. No, I've written these two books, uh, The Central Revolution and um, The Invitation, which is a series. The third book will be called The Summoning. I plan to write many more books. Um, and I'm doing, at the moment, everything uh, in fiction and uh, sort of what they would call allegorical fiction. Hmm. So, uh, Celestine Prophecies, The Alchemist, um, you know, the Castaneda books, those, those kind of things. That's, 
the style, but a different style, but a, that, that type of thing where you're in this drama and all this stuff unfolding. And at the same time, there's these really strong messages. Nice. I, I've read a few of those. I've read a few, well, not, not the ones you mentioned, but I've read a few books like that in my life. And there's, they're, they're good because they, I like them because they teach something and it's always a good story to go with it. I mean, it's yeah. a lot like, I mean, it's a lot like the old myths and legends of ancient times almost in a way. Because they they all were there to teach people lessons and what not to do. I mean, in Greek, it was basically don't don't do as Zeus does. But other than that, like it was just <laughs> usually like that. But so these these this series you start you started. Where did how did it come to you? How did the idea come to you? Believe it or not, I was in a um, ayahuasca ceremony and um, I had a vision. And the vision had to do with, it actually, at the end, it took me weeks to figure this out, but at the end, it was trying to show me that there was this piece of technology that could be made that would that would help people, a piece of AI even, that would help people instead of hurt and help them to grow spiritually. And it's sort of, and it's what these guys create in the story um amongst all the turmoil and the people who are trying to stop that because they want the other ai to happen more and these guys are taking an ai that actually helps people wake up spiritually through their issues in their life and it you speak to it it knows everything you know eventually and it helps us reveal you know the players in the world and what they're up to every does it all right and and so that's what's in the story and uh in book two and in book one the guys are in prison and the thing was just downloaded into me and then so i knew about this technology thing that i had this idea for which i'm not a techno i'm not a person that's into technology at all and i uh actually went out and tried to do something with it and lost a lot of money and said okay that's that's no good and i kind of walked away from it walking down the street one day literally and this story goes into my head and i get this voice and it says you're gonna write this novel and i'm like i don't know how to write novel i don't know how to write anything i don't know how to you know, I can I can read. That's it, and uh, and they and it just downloaded the whole story into me instantly. And I went and sat down and I started writing it. And some people look at it and go, "Wow, you, you can write!" And my dad's a writer, so yeah, my mom too, actually. My but my dad's like a novelist, and so you know, maybe that's yeah, it had something to do with it. I don't know, but they came out pretty good. It beat their page turners, that's for sure. I yeah I so I, I'm hearing like hints of. I mean, I'm hearing hints of like a lot of cyberpunk nor fiction kind of. I mean, there's elements of Matrix and Terminator in there, which of course you have to have that. If you're going to do anything with robots, but <laughs> you have to. If it's AI, it kind of has to hit those two in some degree always. But it sounds it sounds thrilling. It really does. I mean, and it, so they're in prison. The first two books, though. First book. Oh, first they're book. Okay. In, thought, yeah. So this young man comes into our world. In a very hard way living in the ghetto and he ends up getting into a uh, situation where he's been tortured his whole life he's 19 and something happens and he has to defend his mom and himself and he ends up getting thrown in prison afterwards but he had died he had died um being shot by a, a police officer and came back to life and when he came back to life in the hospital he was like almost like a buddha figure and brilliant and um and uh, yeah, he ends up wake, helping wake up the world. And but they first they help the prisoners in, in prison. They set up a program for the prisoners to go have a an awakening in their lives as well. And uh, when they get out, they they go for it to do the same thing, but but on a much bigger scale. And in prison, 
they've got the they've got everything from the Mexican mafia, this one gang that's trying to stop them because all the a lot of the guys aren't aren't gambling anymore, aren't using drugs because they've found this other thing, and then you have the warden that's against them, and so you've got a lot of drama. And then the second book, now we're outside and they're creating this technology, so they have the 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 Mark Zuckermans of the world trying to buy the technology so it can't go out, and so the the names are changed to protect the not so innocent. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, and and to protect the innocent from getting copyright sued. So yeah, of course. That's right. That's right. <laughs> well, all right. Let me ask you this because some of my favorite novels out there, Stephen King and the likes, they're. I always like to ask this of fiction authors, but because it's when a book's from one point of view, it kind of gets a little eh, boring after a while. Because it's like you want to see what the other people are thinking about the same reaction, what the reactions are to the same events. Is your book from one point of view or multiple points of view? It's from, it's actually a multiple narration book. So I have, um, I have in the first book, three narrators, meaning the three characters, that's three of the characters in the, are actually telling us the story. And so you'll turn the page and that chapter will be done. And all of a sudden you'll have one and it'll say Zach underneath. So now Zach's talking to the reader. And in the second book, there's six characters that are, that are actually reading the story to us. Um, and, I made it so that um, there are points of views from each of the characters. And then I would also say I have bias, you know, um, there's no doubt about it. I'm, I'm, I'm not into this woke thing that's going on in our world, to be honest with you. Um, and you can feel that even though we have a very woke character, it's really fun, but I do that it does become satirical in a sense. And then this person has an awakening as well, and they stop pointing the finger out at people. So you can tell that I am going in a more, a little bit more of a traditional trajectory and also wanting to fix the world and the pollution and all the other things. It's all in there as well with the different characters. So, yes, it comes from several points of view, but it all comes back to um, connection, oneness and us, uh, the collective getting together and maybe standing up to some some of these people who aren't doing exactly what's in our best interest and and that's probably going to happen in the third book i would imagine nice. i don't know and i, mean, <laughs> I won't i won't know to sit down <laughs> <laughs> well personally i am not a fan of woke culture either i cannot stand it has <laughs> caused a lot of problems for me in the past few years but i, I i'm not a fan of woke culture at all i just uh, i don't like the way this world's going in many different ways but that's just one of them but that's right my, my listeners know that, so that's okay. <laughs> Good. Yeah, well, we're on the things. same page there. <laughs> yeah. So if you wanted to write a book that has a message, I mean, why go fiction? I mean, is it is this meant for all ages or is it meant for a certain age? Uh, there's some language in it. I would say it's for, you know, you know, 16 and up, I would say. I mean, some kids have read it. It's not too bad uh, with that. There's just some of the guys cuss and stuff. Um, and the reason why I went fiction, well, to be honest with you, I, I don't really make any decisions. It's all like downloaded. I just sit there and write what comes through. Um, but what what happens when you do it in fiction is that you're in the, in a way, because the character is narrating the story, you're in their mind. So you somebody says something you know about like hey everybody's doing the best what they can with what the tools they had in their tool chest no matter what they did to you and the first reaction for someone that's never heard that is 
bullcrap. There's no way. And so I let the narrator go through that process of saying no. And then our hero, Dimitri, says, well, this is why. And then they go back and forth. That person carries the resistance to that, I would call universal truth, and 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 eventually comes around. So we go, the reader gets to go through the process with them. So I think that's the reason why it came through in fiction. It's sort of, you know, everything that we are going to do in the world, we, we imagine it first. So it's like a plan and imagination of what could happen in this world. And by the way, it's happening. The whole story is right now what's happening today in our world with all the stuff. Well, it's funny you say that, actually. That's yeah, a good segue because, um, I mean, your book's all about a spiritual awakening, which I on this show where we talk about spiritual awakenings a lot because it's a big topic of mine because I supposedly I'm going through my awakening at this point, according to many people I talk to, including my life, my Reiki master life coach. And so I love this topic of spiritual awakening. And, but I always like to ask people this question. We've been told years and dates for a long time, 2012. I've been told 2015. I've been told 2008. And I've been told it hasn't really happened yet for like the mass global spiritual awakening. Definitely hasn't happened yet. We're going through the fall right now. We're 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 going through almost an apocalyptic situation here where things are falling apart. The hero in the book says the world is falling apart and waking up at the same time. And if you think about it, I mean, let's look at it. Let's look at this. Like, let's say there's two types of awakening. One would be the spiritual awakening of myself and like, oh, what? Why do I think those thoughts? Why do I say these things? Why did I do that to that person? But then, and I start to clean up the the past stuff that makes me think that. Then there's another type of awakening I think that happens also, and it's when we when we awaken to what is going on in our world, and and you know, and being able to kind of call that out and go, oh. And so as we see these these players um, get more and more ridiculous, and and more and more just like upfront with their crimes against humanity we awaken to that truth of wait a minute something's really wrong here so it's it's kind of like that it's like all this crappy stuff that's going on is exposing our own darkness and even maybe more importantly in a lot of cases the darkness that's that's pulling the strings of this planet right now yes yes um i have talked about well what is called conspiracy theories many times about like stuff like that i mean Illuminati, NWO, Freemasonry, all that, all the invisible puppets that are behind it all pulling the strings since, well, some of them beginning in time, but. It's, and Jeremy, it's, they're not hiding it anymore. You know, they're literally yeah. coming out and saying, this is what we're doing. There's no, it's not a, it's not a conspiracy theory. It's, it's out in the open. And the, 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 um, you know, the, the world economic forum guy, you know, Klaus Schwab, he's just coming right out and saying that, you know, you will own nothing and be happy. We are going to speed up the 2030 thing. They're just like everything. There's too many people on the planet. We need to reduce. They're literally saying it. We don't have to like wonder anymore, you know? <laughs> yeah, you're not You're not the uh, lone gunman in the basement in the 90s trying to figure everything out. That's X-Files, right. X-Files reference for those who don't get it, but. <laughs> That's right. For the uncultured. <laughs> uh-huh. But so in your book, people seem to be program to act in certain ways, which I could see how that kind of reflects on reality as well, because we are, for the most part, except for those of us who break free of it, we are basically programmed to all act the same on this earth, in this present day, for the last couple decades at least. 
if not before that, even, I mean, it can go back to the fifties if you really want to look at that, but <laughs> I mean, it's, so I'm assuming that you want to reflect reality by putting that in your book as well. Reflect the outer? Reflect the outer and in the way of programming of human yes. being programmed to follow rules. Absolutely. Follow that, that's why we see so many people that are in resistance to going, oh, wow, look at what they're up to. Instead, they're like, no, 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 this is. This is great. This is the way it's supposed to be. They're do, they're out looking for out for our best interest. There's so many people that won't let go of that because they would be lost without that. They're not, and maybe they're just going to be kind of NPCs and they're just going to be part of this awakening, but not the ones that wake up. They're the ones that hold together the machine until it's time to crumble. And right now, the whole thing is falling apart. We see it. We're we're going to war all over. This is this is the beginning of something quite harsh you know i mean to be honest and oh, we've seen yeah. yeah you can see it we've seen it for the last few years with the lockdowns and all the stuff and cr crushing the global economy and all all by design and now it's interesting because i it, it doesn't mean that i i i think there's you know 47 men sitting around at a at a big table with fluffy white cats and shaved heads you know <laughs> i i i think it actually unfortunately is much worse than that and it has to do with i shouldn't say worse but more more um deeper than that and it has to do with the the unseen realm and two forces being played out right now the darkness and the light and the light always wins and we're all worried about when because we believe in time because we created time because we saw we look in the mirror and we see ourselves go <laughs> over time we're, we're we're leaving and we're like well this better happen before i go and before my kids well the truth is we don't know it all depends on when the collective consciousness reaches a certain point of awakening then everything shifts and we're not there yet <laughs> at all and, and you know i mean the kali yuga and the hindu tradition talks about us having many hundreds of years more to go and the book of raw uh yeah, Book of One, I think it's raw, the raw material, they call it. Um, that's also 85 years away. So who knows, you know? And in my book, though, we don't do that. We, we speed up the process. That's just kind of cool. And it's funny because, I mean, and I, oh, I like how you use the looking in the mirror reference because, I mean, we're not all Dorian Gray. We don't all look in the mirror and see the same thing for hundreds of years. But unfortunately... <laughs> I wish I could have looked the same way I did when I was 25 for the rest of my life, but okay. <laughs> I'll, yeah, I'll, yeah. Take what, I'll, I'll take what I have to gut take. But me too, me too. <laughs> it's, yeah, I mean, it's it's programming. The same way people on the news nowadays, which I'm gonna I'm avoiding the lockdown topic because I already had one video taken off YouTube for talking about the big C. Oh, but okay. yeah, medical misinformation, according to them. But oh, okay. <laughs> gotta, gotta love the programming. <laughs> but, <laughs> Lockdowns are great. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, well, I mean, I, I, I did get seven months to play video games and get paid by the government to do it. So, I mean, eh, take take what you're given and be happy with it. But, <laughs> but I mean, yeah, I mean, people are programmed ridiculously nowadays because, I mean, how many times in the news do you see something like, oh, this asteroid is going to be closer to Earth than ever it's ever been before in the next year or two? Oh, impending doom. Okay. Oh, but look, here's something about the Kardashians. Oh, well, we don't care about the previous thing anymore. The Kardashians are taking our attention away. And that's just one example of probably thousands of what they do on the news, like with the good, bad, good, bad, to keep it, people distracted from it all. But, and I mean, who knows if they're even telling the truth about these type of things. I mean, it could be, like you said, the puppet master is pulling the strings of people saying, all right, you're going to tell the people this this week. 
just to give them a little fear and to make them think like the government has their back and protecting them. Yeah. Am I wrong? Am I wrong? <laughs> yeah, it could could be. None of us know. You know, it's just crazy. So from what you said about the beginning of the book, though, about the young man that grows up in the ghetto and is basically a victim, is that like a theme throughout the book is about the victims becoming the survivors in a way type of thing? I would say the more of the theme is, is that we turn the victimhood into empowerment and we find the gift in everything and all things that happen to us, supposedly, and realize that they're actually somehow crazy as it sounds happening for us. That would be a very spiritual way to look at things. And that's what they end up doing in the book is what the teacher teaches. And that's what happened with him and several other people as they go through their process of 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 self-awakening and you know inner transformation and they start to find that and so everyone they won't find that this is a truth so they really start to um every time something happens and same thing in the community i'm in you know when something happens here to somebody or with somebody we always ask okay so how am i drawing this in and why and and i used to hate it when people would say that because i thought they were crazy but now i see how true it is that there's something there you know, just as if the certain, you get in a relationship and the person comes in with something that's like, whoa, what? Well, there's some reason why that had to happen. There was something there for you to learn. Doesn't need, we need to stay with these people. Sometimes they come into our lives for us just to grow to a certain point and we move on. And so, yeah, the whole victimhood thing is, um, is first of all, it's the, it's the first step to awakening is to, to realize that, okay, because you could say, I used to be one of these people who said, there are no victims. Uh, and then I watched something Jordan Peterson, and I thought it made a lot of sense. And he says, we're all victims. We're the, we're the, the rock, the car, the dog, the cat. Everybody's a victim to what's happening here on planet Earth, which is our death, you know, our going away, and our pain and suffering. The tree, everything's going to disappear and die. So in a sense, yes, maybe we all are. It's what you do with that and how you can shift your perception. And that's, that's how um, in, the, in the story the guy helps people you know, through what they're going through in their life, not to go around it and escape it or resist it, but through it. Which makes sense in a way. I mean, we all, you're right. We all learn life lessons by facing harsh realities at times. And I mean, hell, I know I did a lot in my life and I know other people have, to, I know plenty of other people that have those same experiences too, but I mean, we always come out stronger on the other end or we don't make it out the other end. I mean, that's the two ways it goes. That's right. And that's right. I mean, as sad as, it, as sad as that is to say, that's the way it has to be. Because if you're not meant to get through it, you're not meant to get through it. It's just fate. It's destiny. Yeah, and some people, the thing might happen and then just be, remain bitter their whole lives, which is another type of death, you know. I mean, what's it like to li live a life of bitterness towards your ex or bitterness towards a, go a government or a people? Or even in my case, like I'm pretty bitter about wokeness, like we were talking about, you know. And at yeah. the same time, I, I have to like say, okay, no, this is really happening. Um, and it needs to be here for some reason. Have compassion for these people because they're obviously quite damaged. And, and, and so this is their way of lashing out. Doesn't mean we need to change our world for them, which I think is the main thing we need to keep in check. No, we're not going to, you know, go here or go there or change that. From, no, because that, you know, there's things that need to be looked at and shifted, obviously, but uh, they've gone uh, quite far you know, in a lot of ways. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, it's, it's all important ideas and messages that need to be spread. I definitely agree with that. And 
hopefully this hopefully your books help teach people some of this stuff and they actually will sink it'll sink in and they'll actually re- resonate with it and they'll be like okay i mean just wait you'll get that review one day where someone will say you helped me get through this in my life and then bam if you, if you haven't gotten them already i, I, I yeah, i've gotten them yeah okay i'll say i'll say i'm like i'm sure you have but yeah <laughs> but it's funny because i mean same as i was talking about youtube taking down my show um a couple weeks ago are you afraid that with your book being so close to reality that the government will eventually try to shut you down or something or somebody will try to shut you down you know if something like that was to happen, and I have thought about it, yes, um, I think that it would do nothing but elevate the popularity of the book. So, like, for me, shut me down means, okay, maybe there's a certain platform that won't carry it. But if I really wanted to, I could go and print these things myself and have a printing, you know, have them stored somewhere. And, and a lot of people do that so they can make a lot more money on their book rather than print on demand. And yeah. And, and so, so yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I understand that it could happen because it definitely strikes deep, especially the second book at what's happening in our world today. So yes. And I, and I hope that it gets noticed to that point and I hope the book will call it gets discovered. That's, that's, that's what I've been told is going to happen. And I just wrote the second one and it hasn't yet, but you know, like, again, I'm not, I guess I'm not in charge, you know, I just keep writing these things, you know? I mean, it's it's funny because the way you describe you write them, it's almost like spirit writing. Because oh, to be it, honest with you, yeah. I mean, yeah. it's it's like it's many mediums I've talked to. I've actually seen them do it on my show live, where they actually will. I'll ask them a question. They'll have me ask them a couple questions, and then they'll get answers. And like literally, just watching them write it down while like their eyes are like usually like in the back of their head or something like that. Like it's yeah. just it's insane. Like it's just it's I unbelievable something i never would believe unless i actually saw someone do it which i have and now i'm a huge believer in it well the, the, yeah for me it, it, it's hard to believe that i can sit down and write novels and i'm a guy that's a high school dropout i've never really read any books um i've listened to a few so i mean to be able to write these things and for them to flow the way they do and to be a page turner and all these people like them it's 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 a sign that it's not really me really it's part of, i think it's like a you know you're you're obviously um, the person's playing a part it's the vessel and we all we all have i believe every single human being has that in them in some way there's some creative gift they have and in my case i think mine was given to me at this time because the world kind of needs it and and i needed to snap out of my sleepiness at the time and and the person that i used to be and um, become someone different, you know, and I'm constantly working on myself. I'm by no means a saint at all. It's but I'm I'm 100% better than I used to be. That's for sure. Well, that's all that matters. I mean, we all should be better than we used to be. It's a, that should be an ongoing thing throughout our lives. We always find ways to be to better ourselves to some degree. I mean, yeah, I'm not I'm not going out there telling everybody like, oh, you need to change. But I mean, like, just pick one of your flaws. And if you can admit you have flaws, that's step one. And then pick step one. one. <laughs> yeah, that's step one. Admit you have flaws. Pick one and find a way to work on it. I mean, it takes if it takes years. It takes years, but at least you're doing something about it. At least you're not stuck in your programming of that's who you have to be for the rest of your life. Agreed. Yeah. Circle back, kind of. But it's fun because actually, well, you since we were talking about hating wokeness, how do you feel about cancel culture? Oh, it's for me. It's all the same. Um, in a way, I would, 
Yeah, I wouldn't say I hate because if I if I hate it, that means I almost there's there's too much of a, a close line to love there. I'd say mm-hmm. I'm um, I'm disgusted by it. I'm disgusted yeah. by every aspect of it. Um, to cancel people um, because of some past anything, <sighs> you know, it's it's uh, I, I really admire the people who are uncancelable. You know, the Joe Rogans and the the people out there who just don't care. You know, and they just keep doing what they do. Those are the heroes for me. You know. I, I agree. I mean, I'm not I'm not technically a Joe Rogan fan by any means, but I respect the man for what he does. That's I'll put it that way. I respect the man me for what too. he does. I'm just not a fan of him personally. I never have been. His podcast always bored me. <laughs> but I that's that's me. I mean, there are plenty of other uncancelable people that I love too. I mean, freaking what the hell's his name? I mean, I respect the ones that whenever that they were still around today would never have gotten canceled. Carlin, Dangerfield, like. The ones that oh, yeah. never, they wouldn't have gave a fuck what anybody said about their stuff. They would have just kept doing it no matter what. And you couldn't shut them down. And that's what the world needs is more people like that nowadays. Because all the comedians nowadays are too afraid to say the jokes that are going to get them canceled. And it's making comedy less and less funny. It is. But it's starting to change a little bit because, you know, it's an opportunity for those who are like, you know what? I'm like, even Dave Chappelle's come out and said some things, you know, that. The oh, woke yeah. hasn't liked, and that's that's heroic. And I think we're gonna see. I think it's gonna create this opportunity for comedians to be even funnier by just coming out and doing it, like you're saying, like right in the face of it all. I think that's coming in a big way. I think we're gonna. I think it's gonna really. There's gotta be because it's. It doesn't. This this woke thing and cancel culture and all this virtue signaling. All of it is quite. I would call it demonic in nature because it's always you have to create another person as a victim so that you can be this savior and then you have to have a perpetrator in this triad right and so we have to the victim has to stay down you can never you can never like let them know hey you're okay it doesn't matter if that person over there doesn't like you you're fine man you're you're much bigger than that no you've got to look no poor you i'm the one up here bad you that that bullshit that's 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 got to change because that's for me that's the it's like the pure darkness coming out through people I agree. I mean, there's a lot of dark things at work nowadays, and I, <laughs> I mean, it's just it's scary. It, I mean, I, as someone who practices Reiki, I mean, my Reiki master tells me all the time, like, that if we go a month without meeting, when she does her session with me, it's just she always tells me like, you have so much darkness in you right now that I just pulled out. I'm like, yeah, living in this world, I don't doubt it. <laughs> I'm like, I don't uh-huh. even do anything. I don't even do anything that's going to make me have darkness. It just naturally comes in this world. Like you hear things, you hear the way people talk in public. And it's just like, shoot. I mean, I used to work in retail and I'm so happy I don't anymore because I used to have to hear the freaking conversations of people in shopping stores. And oh my God, that's pure torture. Yeah. (laughs) It's literally pure torture when you're in the same aisle for an hour listening to people, listening to two ladies talk about things they don't like about celebrities or the world. That's just like, Oh my God. No, just make it stop. Like turn the music up higher or something. Come on. <laughs> uh, it's torture. It really is. So let me ask you this. Have you thought about your books becoming possibly a TV series or movies eventually? Yeah. I, I it's funny, like within this creative channel that's opened up, I have the music lined up for every scene. I know what everything looks like. Um Yes. Um, would Hollywood ever take it? No, I don't think so. But there are other ways nowadays to get books turned into movies. There's a studio out there called Angel Studios, and they do this thing where people 
pay to watch and then and they're paying for someone else to watch it for people who don't want to pay or can't pay and kind of a pay it forward program and then they actually produce movies and and so you know i think again once it gets discovered people are probably going to come up and have these ideas i've even thought about at least at least turning them into animated shorts that i could put on youtube and find some kind of animation that's not too expensive that i could do because that would be fun because you know nowadays people don't I guess people don't read books that are that thick, you know, and I don't know why I wrote them that thick. It's just the way it comes every single time. They're the same size. Exactly. It's weird. <laughs> because they're meant to be that size. And yeah, I would, I wouldn't say that's true. There's, there are still plenty of people I know that read there's some thick ass books. I'm talking like yeah. Lord of the Rings trilogy and complete book. Like <laughs> I know people that read books like that still. So, I mean, I read some, well, I, it's hard to tell anymore with Kindle, but I mean, I read some, heavy pages in books that's for sure but i mean you can't read stephen king and not enjoy a thousand pages about the town before you get to the story but yeah <laughs> but yeah. and oof. okay you said you said you have the music set i gotta ask because i am a music podcast from other podcasts tell me there's marilyn manson in that soundtrack somewhere <laughs> not yet but i could put it in there <laughs> that's a good one <laughs> I mean, obviously, I haven't read your books yet, unfortunately. I definitely am going to be looking into acquiring them. But I am assuming at the end of one of those movies, Great Big White World would be a great song. Okay, I'll check it out. <laughs> I'm assuming. I'm, it's a very New Day apocalyptic type thing. It's kind of like, it's a, it's a good song. It's a good, it's a good song. I mean, anyone, <laughs> anything off, Man, off Manson's early stuff would be good for that type of stories. I would believe or any 2000s uh rocker like that but there's a lot yeah <laughs> for sure zombie too but um so i gotta ask you this since you're in how long have you been in costa rica before i ask this That's, uh 30 30 something years oh jesus okay <laughs> yeah so have you heard of el cadejos who el cadejos el Codejos. Codejos. C-A-D- How do you spell that word? C A D E J O. C A D. Say it again. C A D E J O S. E A D G E O S. C A D. Yeah, C A D E J O S. No, I've never heard of El Cadejos. What does that mean? It's actually the Costa the Costa Rican version of the uh, Hellhound or Black Dog myth. Ghostly, it's ghostly, a- ghostly black dogs or ghostly hellhounds, like is basically the synapses of it. Oh, okay. It's, it's, it's the Costa Rican version. I mean, they even have their own name for it. And people see it out in the forest, I guess, at night, and they usually have red glowing eyes. Ah, oh, well, never heard of that. I mean, well, okay, that's a good thing for you because I mean, they're no, the typical story of them down there is that they're known to known to take out drunkards coming home late at night. So, I I've mean, never never heard of anything like that. No, I've been here a long time. <laughs> oh, see, this is, okay, yeah, I mean, uh, well, maybe now, maybe now that's in your head. <laughs> you know, you're yeah, yeah, I'm gonna see one tomorrow probably. Uh, I hope not. <laughs> I really hope no. not for your sake. But <laughs> uh, I mean, there's. I don't know. Do they have, do they have like ghost stories down there? Really, like anything like that, or is it just no, people? Are, nothing. People, really, I mean, 
I imagine they'd be more attuned with nature down there and everything than we are in the States because in the States, nature is torn down and ripped up. But eh, it's, well. very, it's very green here. Oh, cool. Yeah, I, I would imagine. <laughs> I would imagine. That, uh, there's a reason it's a vacation destination usually. Yeah. But, so is there any is there any talk down there of extraterrestrials, UFOs, that type of thing? or? No, I've seen some things out there over the ocean. Um, I, I lived on the beach, literally on the beach for 24 years of my life. And I've seen some interesting light one one time. It was very, very like right in front of us. And like, these little things dropping down towards the ocean. Big, it was wild. I don't know what it was, you know. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, the ocean... The ocean is synonymous for UFO sightings because it's how I believe that there are bases under, under under the ocean that extraterrestrials have used for thousands of years to dock and whatnot and do whatever they do on this earth. Because <laughs> that's, the, I mean, we're talking about things the government is all of a sudden telling us is happening. And then during the big C, UFOs get announced by Trump. Like, oh, there's UFOs. They, they're they real, by the way. So just, uh, so everybody, just so everybody who since the 40s has been trying to figure that out. Yeah, they're real. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's interesting. They're saying that now, yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, it is. I mean, because it's, it's almost like they want us to be distracted, but at the same time, they want to reveal things just to test us and see how we're going to react when something big comes. Like, I agree. If they, if they want to tell us UFOs exist, okay, are you trying to gauge the reaction for when there's actually an invasion by an alien species or something? Like, uh, Or they create an invasion. Who knows, right? Uh, I mean, hey, uh, H.G. Wells may have been writing uh, future, future Truth with uh, War of the Worlds. Who knows? Yeah. But you said, you're, you said in the beginning that, you're in the, that you were really into plant medicine. And just kind of curious, because as I said, I've talked to some people about that before, but what different plants do you guys like to use in your retreats? Uh, mainly, well, we say plant medicine. So the, the main um, concoction is called ayahuasca. That's the real popular one. Yep. Um, <clears throat> I've had that journey hundreds of times. And um, it's very strong, um, very amazing. You need to do it with the right people. That's for sure. Someone wants to yeah. do that. It's the key, the right person that's holding that space and taking care of everybody. It's never something you would do alone ever. I mean, become once you become, you know, like quite the psychonaut, like I've done it a few times alone, but it's much better, better with people because it's like a circle and you can feel the energy in the circle shift and the music and everything's quite phenomenal. And then the, there's a medicine that I serve that comes from a toad. That was the one that Mike Tyson talks about a lot. Um, they call it Bufo Avarius, which is DMT5-MeO. That's the molecule. Um, yeah, I've served many, many people that medicine. And then there's one called Iboga, and that comes from Africa. And that's a, a root bark, and you're just eating straight root bark. And that is a very powerful journey. I can't imagine the root bark tastes good. None of this stuff tastes good. None of it. All of it tastes like hell like the worst thing you could imagine like there's no way to put it into words how bad it is and i think that's like to keep us from wanting to do it all the time <laughs> and it works because it's that bad uh, yeah especially boga it is terrible 
ayahuasca is terrible tasting. Sometimes when your first time with ayahuasca, you're drinking, oh, it wasn't that bad. But once you've had it several times, you're just dreading it, you know? Dreading yeah. It. I mean, it's, it's like when you're a kid taking that cold medicine, you got to get past it just to get the effect of it. <laughs> like, you got to get past the taste. <laughs> but this is, this is so bad. It's not even, it's hard to even explain. <laughs> all of I, it, though, peyote, all of it tastes terrible. Well, I mean, in a way, that's kind of nature's way of telling us don't take it. Like, don't, I mean, whether it's nature telling us that or whether this world was pre-programmed like a simulation theory, who knows? But, mm -hmm. I mean, it was obviously designed to taste bad so that, animals and humans wouldn't want to eat it and yeah. i mean i no i would probably die laughing if i ever saw like a deer or bear on ayahuasca i swear to god i would probably die laughing oh what if you ever saw like a deer or a bear on like ayahuasca or peyote like it would probably be the funniest thing in the world they probably oh, you see you see much more than that my friend <laughs> you go behind the inner workings of our universe and see how things are moving and it's it's amazing and go out to the 10th dimension ayahuasca and like see things that you you can't even there's no way to put it in the words it's that strong it's beautiful yeah it is and you know that's a big topic nowadays though is um dmt and all the different right. plants you could take to basically for lack of a better word trip like for the old 70s words of it but i mean it's to be to well, have, an experience, have an experience yeah. i should say yeah, I mean, we definitely don't do it to trip because tripping oh. is like like a bunch of friends hanging out and taking you know a handful of mushrooms. Well, this is trippy. This is more of a spiritual experience, and you have like people that are working in the shamanic world come and serve the medicines, and you hopefully you get the right one. And they're not there for the money; they're there for that. That comes, you know. I mean, it's part of the deal, but it's it's you need to find people who are heart centered first, and then then you're, you're off to the races. But there's a lot of folks out there who are serving medicine, don't know what they're doing. So it's it's a little tricky. It's I mean, it's the same as any professional in the paranormal spiritual world. There, there are good ones and bad ones of every profession. I mean, you can go to a, you can go to a medium who's just there to rob you and just will make up things to tell you just because they'll, they'll, they'll read you. They'll basically read you and just be like, OK, here's what I'm going to tell you, because I know it's going to be something you'll automatically assume is for you and you're still going to give me the money at the end of it. So, okay. I mean, <laughs> yeah. it's the same, it's the same thing for any professional in, the, in these fields. Like they're not, there's no better business bureau or anything like that for these professions. They're just not yet. At least I think that day is coming. Honestly, I think it is, but because all these fields are becoming more and more important in the world. And I think that's part of the spiritual awakening is that more people are trying to wake up. So they're trying all these, things that back in the back 20 years ago would, would have been considered like something you shouldn't do something that's taboo something that's illegal like but now more and more people are opening up to it yeah it's becoming legal in a lot of places too yes it is and that's you know i mean with the people of this world that's a good and a bad thing because there are plenty of just people out there that are not intelligent and they're just gonna use it wrong and it's gonna make it look bad for everybody else because the same thing that happened to marijuana back in the 50s, 60s, but yeah, I mean, at least to me, but well, Mike, I gotta say it's been an honor talking to you, but before we go, what is the message you want people to get from your book? Like, what is, if there's one message you want people to get from your books, what would it be? That, that we're all headed towards a massive shift on the planet and 
you can either be a part of that positive end of it or you can be one of the players that's doing the other thing and you came here to wake up all of us did um in some incarnation so why not make it now um and uh you're much bigger than than they are telling you you are we are much powerful especially together so we can we can get through this thing and come out on the other side with our hands in the air raised and victory it can happen it will happen it's just when so do your best start here first inside at that awakening yourself do your best in life and uh it, it, it's a great place to start reading these but my first book for people who are really new to this whole idea it, it, the first book really brings you in yeah you know, yeah, I, I, I'm sure, I'm sure it does, and I definitely will be looking for it. It's on, it's on my list. Trust me, it's already on my list with, uh, with, oh, a lot of other books by other, other, other authors that have been in my shows as well. Because it's just so many good books, so little time in the world to actually sit down and read them. Yeah, especially when you have, especially when you have kids. Just saying, but uh, it's, okay. but where can they find you, Mike? Where can they find your books? Just basically anything you want to promote, feel free to promote it. Okay, um, michaelmcginnis.com. Um, I, maybe you can put it down at the bottom of the thing there. M-C-G-I-N-N-I-S, not, not the U, like the beer. Um, McGinnis, michaelmcginnis.com. And then on, the books are on Amazon. Um, book one is an Audible as well. Both books are on Amazon, so you can listen to them, read them. Um, and uh, yeah, that's a bit, pretty, pretty much the, the best way. And of course, those links will be in the podcast description as well, so people can just click and go course and i want to thank you for coming on it's been a real pleasure talking to you and learning i mean definitely learned some interesting things here about plants and got to have a good conversation about things i believe in things and things we believe in so it works it worked for me greatly and to all, all my listeners watchers you know where you can find me if you don't by now you're being lazy stop it and if you don't, if you're being lazy, just check out the outro. Okay. Then everything's there. I don't need to say it a thousand times then. But until next time, I thank you all for coming to listen, to watch. Be sure to like and subscribe wherever you are to enjoying this. And until next time, I believe I'll be back this weekend with another one-on-one bracket or two. So come check it out. Have a good night, everybody. You can find me on Facebook as Jeremy Bryant, or you can find me as Uncensored, Unapologetic, and Untamed UQ Podcast Collective group, Facebook group. You can find me on Twitter and the Instagram as at Bastard, or should I say X now? And you can find me on TikTok as at Bastard Podcast. You can also find me on YouTube as Paranormal New Normal, and you can also find me streaming on YouTube as Blind Knowledge Network, because all knowledge is blind until they admit Bigfoot exists.